Welcome to the Kiwi Advisor Network podcast. I'm the host, Warwick Slow, and this is a podcast for financial advisors in New Zealand, focusing in the mortgage, insurance, and KiwiSaver space. We're going to be chatting to some of the key players in the New Zealand market to help grow the industry as a whole. We promise it'll be more entertaining than doing the course round. Uh, the first episode is with the CEO and founder of The Mortgage Lab, Rupert Goff. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Rupert started The Mortgage Lab in 2017, uh, trying to solve a challenge that a lot of solo advisors face where they don't have the same resources that a large organization would have. Um, he is also the practitioner director for lending at Financial Advice New Zealand, as well as creating, I think, an amazing catalog of online content. But you've got like a podcast, you've got a YouTube series with around about 1,000 subscribers. Uh, we're getting there, yeah. Almost. yeah, almost 1,000. And you've also gone and written a bloody book, The Successful First Time, time. Buyer. Yeah. I don't know where you find the time. <laughs> late nights. Late nights, Late yeah. nights is the key to it. Red Bull and late nights. Yeah, That's amazing. And you've, uh, you started it in 2017, so you've come along five years now. Five-year birthday last month. It's mm. incredible. Like, um, I know a lot, of, a lot of people in business, they overestimate what they can do in a year, but then underestimate what they can do in 10. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, statistically... We're a viable business now, according to, you know, six, I think, what is it, 80% of businesses go under in three years? Well, but, uh, well done. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> well, the future's underwritten, but it's, uh, it's, um, it's been a really interesting journey, right, from, from me on March 1st, 2017 to, uh, to today. Um, yeah, so it's, but, but we can chat about that more. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, maybe a good place to start would be, uh, you know, if you look back, in these five years now, like, what would you tell your early self? Yeah, what advice would you give? Uh, look, I think I always had the the model of what mortgage, what I wanted mortgage app to be, which was a, a large company, so many advisors, whatever number that is, mm. um, uh, and and we've grown to that. There's obviously been hurdles along the way with uh, you know. Uh, Pandemics and things what, like what that. Pandemic, yeah. <laughs> pandemic thing, which no one's heard of, uh, and you know, uh, occasional business issues. But, but I think what I viewed the business to be then is is pretty much what it's become, right? And it, the size issues that come along when you get to a certain size, like how do you maintain business culture, mm. um, is all things that I kind of knew were going to be there. Um, but just had to tackle when it became an issue rather than forward planning. So, yeah, I don't know what I'd say to my my younger self. I, I kind of am pleased with where I got to. It was, oh, it was what I hoped for. So, yeah. How do you maintain culture with everybody being remote? So your whole business, in case people didn't know, is it's um, yeah, it do, I, do I call it a franchise type agreement? Uh, or I it's think not, it's, not, not it's, it's closer to licensing, I think. Yeah. So, so there's a contract between Mortgage Lab, the, the entity, and the advisor's you know, uh, limited liability company, um, and then there's a commission split. So it's mm. probably close to the licensing yep. uh, and that there's no money up front. Yeah. Um, culture is a hard one uh, because it can, it can, it goes slowly. It, it, um, if you've got a good culture, it can deteriorate slowly and suddenly one day you wake up and it's, yeah. it's Ugh. no longer what you thought it was going to be. So um, a little bit of it is from me. I have to, uh, um, uh, in in spite of things challenging, you know, like the triple CFA, which has been a major challenge for mortgage advisors in New Zealand, you kind of have to maintain a, a positive uh, note on that. So, you know, here is what the government's trying to achieve by this rule, and they've done it wrong in in, that, in this case. But 
we want this is a good thing for the industry. So that kind of um, messaging. The other thing that we try and do is we don't really want to pit advisors against each other or silo them. So it's really about um, each advisor working off other advisors' knowledge. So it's a group pool of knowledge that they can use, and then they're kind of reliant on um, each other's knowledge to. To go forward. So, rising tides and all that. Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. Mm. So um, uh, just about getting them interacting and helping each other and making that a core part of the business is that, you know, you get help from other advisors in the company. And doing um, plenty of Zoom quizzes, I'm sure. <laughs> we tried Zoom quizzes, but right in the in the beginning of COVID, we did those things. But I found out that I'm a terrible quiz writer. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I'd sort of get this barrage of emails from the advisor being like, oh, that wasn't quite direct, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whether I need a professional quiz writer is, uh, <laughs> might be the answer to that. It was actually that. a test and yeah, you passed it. So work. well done. Yes, you spotted my deliberate mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Several of them. Yeah. I, I had to do a similar thing with our company and it just got to the point where I was uh, like pre-organizing was just out the window so I just yeah. had this pub quiz board game that had been given by one of my estranged relatives <laughs> at Christmas and I just pull out the cards and just start reading them off that way and I feel like I mean that got the uh, got the team going yeah yeah totally but yeah COVID was a strange time eh? and, and um, maybe in a way it might have been a good thing for a business like yours that kind of structures it online yeah um, having everybody remote everybody has to learn how to use Zoom like my mum can Zoom me now I don't have <laughs> yeah. to teach her well, that was the thing, right? Before COVID, before a couple of years ago, if you'd said to a client, let's meet over Zoom, 50% of people would have said, what's that? What and is how that? do I install that on my computer? And now <laughs> is you're going to say, yeah. I'm just going to send you the invite. I'll have a you know, video <laughs> meeting attached to it and people just kind of do it. So, yeah. I mean, uh, probably a really good example of the culture in the business is that um, – uh, they organised Friday virtual drinks. You know, I didn't. Mm. I didn't do that. They thought they said, "Hey, this is a good idea. Let's do it." And so people popped on and popped a glass of wine and things. And you know, came and left as as they felt appropriate. So, yeah, that was. I thought that was really cool that the advisors were doing that themselves and things. Because you can't force culture. It needs to be <laughs> come to Friday drinks. Such a great method. People love being forced into things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Okay, so if we think back to when you first started Mortgage Lab, it was you, you were driving from Auckland to Wellington or Wellington to Auckland. Flying, yeah. Flying? Yeah, flying uh, every yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Commuting. Lo- loving that big commute time. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess, you know, we as humans, we, we don't get a lot of time to think. You know, we're always distracted. You know, even when you go to the toilet, you bring your phone with you. You know, it's like all these little things. <laughs> There's always a word to do. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, like sometimes you do your greatest thinking when you're when you're lying in bed at night because that's the only time you don't have distractions. You know, when you think about uh, like bigger picture stuff, like how do you uh, set aside time to to do that type of planning? Yeah, um, uh, not a very beautiful image, but uh, the shower is quite a good time. For, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry for all you listeners and, and viewers out there, um, but I find that the, and just running water is kind of zen. So I'm I'm pretty well known for my 45 minute showers. Um, but I do come out of that. Right. And it is, it, as you say, no one rings you, no one interrupts you. It's kind of, you know, nice thing. So, um, uh, but I also, I, I get energy at about 10 o'clock at night. It just seems to be when I um, peak at uh, strategy planning and things like that. I'm not a morning person. Um, uh, so I, I start work at nine, which is late for self-employed people, I I suspect, but but I, I have a break between six and nine, 9.30ish, and then I tend to get into that kind of strategy. Again, not many people call you or email you, so it's quite a, a mm. peak time, but that's that tends to be when I do that 
that planning. I also make a habit of once every quarter uh, hidden away um, just for one night and just like power planning Smashing um, the business. Yeah. Um, I just tend to get an Airbnb somewhere beautiful, typically Coromandel or somewhere, you know, nearby, but because but, I live in Tauranga, but, um, but, you know, but somewhere I can get away and really just do like I work till kind of 3 a.m., 4 a.m., Wow. planning everything out, typing everything out. And the poor people that receive my emails, they'll just get a barrage of emails. Yeah. I, I schedule it the next morning. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they tend to get a barrage of like, we should do this, you know, kind of fit at 3 a.m. So um, I, I do that quite often. I'm a big believer in the 12-week year. Um, so I don't measure my goals yearly. I measure them quarterly because if you measure them co- uh, annually, I find that, you know, you get six months into it and you're nowhere near doing it, so yeah. you kind of bail on it. So quarterly goals is my it's the way to go. My thing, yeah. I remember hearing that Bill Gates. I think he still does this. He'll go away on like a planning or strategy thinking retreat each year with his ex-wife. Oh yeah, <laughs> his just recent ex-wife or his? I don't know his yeah. like whole personal situation. But I just remember reading an article and thinking. Can you imagine if, like, your partner was <laughs> I'm actually quite a good friend of my ex-partners, but, uh, yeah. Okay, she's not going to the car yeah, though, for the record. She probably wouldn't want to go strategize. No one wants to go strategizing with me. I'm so kind of manic when I do it, so, yeah. You do it alone? Yeah, totally, yeah. And yeah. Are, are there any good books or resources that you've found useful in your, um, in your planning? Do you know what? Do you know what Goodreads is? So it's an app where you log in, you log your books, and you can see what your friends yeah, are. Like. I think if you if you follow me on Goodreads, you could pretty much um, espionage your way into what I'm planning to do in the <laughs> business because you'll see what I'm reading, uh, and you'll see what the plans of it are. Oh, so I sometimes see. it'll be oh, like I've got this problem where I feel like the culture and the business is stuck, so I'll read a couple of books, and and even if that doesn't provide the answer, it'll get my mind in the mode of thinking about that subject. Um, reading a lot about um, artificial intelligence and machine learning at the moment because I'm kind of keen to see how that works in the industry wow. in terms of, um, you know, producing diary notes from meeting notes or, um, I mean, even uh, bank statement scraping software, um, how we can make that smarter. Mm. Um, by... oh, that's a big headache for everybody. <laughs> well, hopefully with the triple CFA getting reviewed, that will be less of a headache. But yep. But that is effectively machine learning, right? It's, it's, it's checking the data on a bank statement and trying to categorize it and learn from that categorization. So I'm kind of keen to look at that. So yeah, um, so to answer you, yeah. <laughs> your question <laughs> ages ago, uh, um, I don't read a particular book, but I'll read a book on the subject I'm trying to improve the business on at the time. Mm. Great. And that's something that we review all the time as well. And I like just go out to team culture. It becomes a challenge as you grow because, you know, when you start and you've got a few people, it's easy because yeah. you're probably all on the same wavelength, but then as the business grows, it becomes a lot more difficult to get everybody on the same page, especially if you're split out around the country. So um, I know for us, we're, we're kind of slowly migrating back to the office and yeah. even just being together can really help. Yeah. Um, yeah so. well, you, get the, you bounce those ideas off on just a real minute scale as well. So, yeah, I... Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I really think that is a, a thing to work on. Because, eh? mm. you know, in training and investing in people that you're bringing to the business, it must come at like an enormous cost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it does. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, I, I, uh, there's not a strict rule that I have, but I prefer new to industry advisors. Um, uh, but, you know, we, we welcome any existing advisors, but th- there's just a risk that they, they come with bad habits that you don't know about. So... Mm. We tend to like to train the advisors 
um, from scratch. It's a slower way to grow, um, but but that's our preference. But yeah, the training does come with it, and we've learned a lot, a lot, a lot um, in the past five years about getting advisors to their peak. Mm. Um, one of the one of the things that I really try and do, <clears throat> and so th- this will be true for any any advisor uh, that wants to expand their business, wants to grow their business, right? Is that you can't. Uh, my problem was I was trying to give tools that I would definitely use and ignoring all other tools because I would find these useful. So here they are and go, go mm-hmm. and use them. And and what we've um, migrated to is kind of a, here are all the tools, um, use what you want. You know, this will suit your personality at, and you, this other person may absolutely hate this tool. I think it's ridiculous. So, and if you think of things like um, how do you measure how successful you were in a week. And some people, I would use, because I'm a bit retentive, would be the polite way, I would use a time tracking one. So I want to know that I've spent eight minutes here on accounting and 50 minutes here on strategy. So I use quite an exact time oh, wow. tracking tool. To the tool. minute. You, well, it's, uh, it's not that. Uh, you just press stop and then oh, start right. again in the software and you say, oh, well, now I'm working on marketing. And How so would you track this time? but for some people that is ridiculous for a lot of people that's ridiculous so uh they might just break it into hourly you know i was um you know i was working on a a, a application that was useful here and then i was doing some admin here in this hour and things like that so yeah we, we try and give as many versions of the tool as we can and just they they can pick it up and because we're not a salaried model, we're a commission-based model. I'm not the boss. I'm just kind of a mentor that provides things. I can just say, here, use these and use what you want. Give them the right tools. Rather and, than if you're salaried, yeah. you're like, this is my process. You damn well use that Body software, forward. right? So that's why we stayed away from the salary model because I didn't want that relationship. So. Yep. Hey, uh, what works for you yeah. um, might not work for others and yeah. vice versa. And that's probably mm. if, if someone is looking to expand their um, business, uh, that is really something to bring along to the thought process is, you know, um, it's okay that people say, I don't like your business model. I'm going to go elsewhere because it fits. Because as long as you stick to your business model and it, you feel like there's a good ground there, some people will like it. Uh, but you don't want to force people who, you know. Square peg in the round hole. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So you don't want to, um, you know, oh, we'll come along and we'll, we'll change everything for you. And suddenly you've got several different models going at once. So we've always been, I've always been a bit okay about people saying, well, that model doesn't work for me. I'm going to go and work for yep. XYZ um, mortgage brokers. And that's, that's been okay. I've always, um, or in the beginning, I took a little personally because <laughs> you're trying to build a business. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and it's always a good point of reflection. Um, you know, can I improve the business model to cater for that type of person? But mm. you shouldn't, I, I wouldn't or change were they the business. right fit? You just don't yeah, know. Yeah, totally right, yeah. How do, how do you find the right fit? Is there something you look out for? Or oh, There's several stages of our filtering. Um, so, I mean, anyone who asks for a salary is, is not going to fit our model and, and is probably not in the financial position to take on a commission-only model. Um, quite an early indicator of someone who doesn't isn't going to fit our model is someone who's looking, um, you know, asks in the interview process, so how do you provide leads? Um, so we do provide leads to our advisor, but I kind of want someone who's going to go out and network. I don't want someone who who's a farmer. 
mm. um, so they would fit with other business models who provide them lots of leads and just want to churn through them kind of thing. So, yeah, so, uh, perfect example of that, right? Yeah, so. Mm. That's like a nice to have. It's like, oh, I've got this lead. But yeah, in reality, yeah. you're building out your own book, building out your own business. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I never wanted to be that person that, that promised, you know, I'm going to give you as many leads as you like in a yep. week. And then they turn up and they're like, well, I've got three. So, you know, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I never promised that. And yeah, no, that's, uh, cause the other thing is, you know, like you've worked really hard in advice, you built them into like uh, growing into your business and like growing as an advisor. Like how do you, um, what's your trick to like, uh, retaining staff and keeping them, you know, part of the mortgage lab brand? Yeah, I mean, culture is definitely one of them, right? So you don't you want them to be um, good friends with other advisors. So there's a community there. Um, we always try and I always felt that there was a number of businesses. You know, they took their thirty percent, um, which is which is what we take seventy thirty percent, um, and and you know gave minimal amount there uh, to the advisor and and kept the profits. And I always felt that if we could make it so that um, the thought of leaving Mortgage Lab for another business, they would lose out on so much mm. um, in the benefits that, um, that, you know, that it wasn't worth them leaving. That was the best kind of business to have because, um, you know, attraction of, of new staff is the most costly bit, right, and, and training. So we, we try and give them as much as possible. I mean, the advisor manual that we've got on our internet is 152 pages of right. like right from why, why do banks use mortgage brokers right through to how do you, what's a script to use with real estate agents, you know. We've got our um, PolySense database, which effectively lists all of the policies of the main banks and all of the banks and so they can compare. Encyclopedia of Yeah, anything, basically, yeah, right yeah, yeah. Um, and so if they if they left Mortgage Lab, uh, if the new company didn't have that, they've got no way of comparing all the banks and things. So we just want it to be as useful as you can, as, as easy as it can for them to be a mortgage broker. Just make it so attractive. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you go anywhere and, else? And, you, and there's, you know, we, we take enough money that we can do that. Um, and, and Cover still, overheads. Yeah. And, yeah, of course. If you, let's, like, when do people hit their peak? Like, how do you keep growing advisors so that they – uh, constantly improving. Like, how do you do training and keeping them on top of things? Um, well, we rely on a bit on like Kiwi Advisor Network, um, financial advice. Yeah, <laughs> a little plug there. <laughs> um, uh, you know, financial advice New Zealand. Again, I like to do a bit of internal training because the value. You know, if, if a, a mortgage broker out on their own could get training from Kiwi Advisor Network, so we want additional training in house that they couldn't get elsewhere. We get lawyers in. We get building inspectors into the staff meeting, you know, just to talk about that general kind of knowledge so they're as, as learned as they can when they, they kind of talk to their clients. Um, so, yeah, we, we basically just keep that keep that rolling. Yeah. So let's say um, hypothetically I was like, hey, Rupert, I want to be a mortgage advisor with a mortgage lab. Like mm. what would the journey look like for like the first three months? Yeah, um, so once we've got, let's start from accreditation. Cause yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, once you're accredited. <laughs> that would be eight weeks of it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Banks, but you are slow on that. Um, They're doing their due diligence. Yeah, yeah that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, day one, you've got your accreditation. Uh, um, first of all, the first bit of it is um, a couple of stand-up meetings per week just to keep you enthused because a lot of those early advisors, um, they they – they hit the ground and they talk to all their friends and all their network and then suddenly they're like, 
I've got no one else to talk to. So yeah. we really want them to get over that hurdle of here's how you go and talk to a real estate agent. Here's how you go and talk to an accountant, all those people. What what are you doing today to kind of keep that going? Um, at that stage, they should have a couple of applications to submit. And we kind of want them to, so I've got a um, learning development manager, um, Brett, who was actually our first advisor ever to come into the company. He was uh, uh, well, advisor number one, and he now does his own business and also helps train the um, the staff. Um, so he'll look over how they're going. And because they're on a huge learning curve, right? That, it must be crazy. Uh, we think about, we always uh, talk about um, taking somebody from like a two out of 10 and like a seven out of 10 and... Yeah, yeah, a few weeks, so yeah, it must be. It, it, it's a brutal learning curve, and and because they've all just done these kind of level five financial certificates, and now they're on learning this new software, and they've got to go and meet their friends or, or family or network and talk about more. You telling stuff. me that the the call strand's not going to make somebody ready to get out there and do it straight away? <laughs> it's ready for something. What? Yeah, jump out of building. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It's important. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it's, it's like university. <laughs> you know, somebody does marketing yeah. at university. They'll turn up the first day at marketing agency and just <laughs> <laughs> very few people to come out of the call strand like amped. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing about uh, about trail that we use is that they have to go through this residential lending strand and it's it's brutal right they have to they have to create all the bank statements and create them and they, they get into the thing they're like actually this whole this whole mortgage thing is quite easy once you start using the right software um so that's what i mean i did the core strand yeah and um i remember thinking i've got an unfair advantage here i can just use the <laughs> software the that software. we've made to make this yeah. really easy yeah um, but yeah, I mean, that's the first, so there's that kind of, how do you keep networking? Um, we've got, you know, like we've, we've had a sales course. In fact, we've got, um, second stage of sales course. We've got, um, two years of sales course specifically written for mortgage lab. Wow. So specifically related to how do mortgage advisors sell? Because it's different, right? I mean, you don't have to, um, beat them across the head. They're either getting the mortgage or they're not. So how do you work those networks? How do you provide value to those networks? It's quite a different sales approach than that standard say um salesperson um because while sales might be uh, a dirty word people are saying it's advice but you know, ultimately you've got to sell yourself so that people trust you enough to do business with you it was one thing i was quite bad at when i started actually but a lot of people say and and mortgage advisors recognize this right oh i want to talk to you about interest rates oh, i want to talk to you about buying a house and and i was like okay well just call me when you're ready uh and and you know a month down the track they that have gone to the bank or, or something mm. like that. And not that they mean ill, they just have forgotten. So I I'd, I'd kind of hadn't got to that closing because I didn't think you needed to close as a mortgage advisor. But in fact, what you need to do is just kind of seal that kind of relationship. Um, so we work a lot on that. Um, uh, particularly if you're new to industry, you may not have had a whole lot of sales experience and that particular niche sales experience as well. Mm. Do you still, are you still on the tools in terms of giving advice? No, uh, well, yeah, yes. Um, very and, special and that clients. I, I'm, I, <laughs> very special clients. <laughs> I, I've got my own book that was a legacy book, right, from sort of five years ago um, that I maintain. So if they want top ups or they buy a new, yeah, or yeah. friends and family, really. Not good on you. Yeah, yeah. enough to get me to Rarotonga for commissions <laughs> every year for a lot to go. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Daddy needs a yeah, new so, uh, I. More and more, I'm encouraging the advisors not to ask me questions mm. <laughs> about mortgages to, to work in themselves. So we, we have a Slack channel, um, which is, if you don't know Slack, it's kind of WhatsApp. Um, teams as well. Yeah. Like, so that, that same I've actually seen the Teams one, but yeah, I suspect it's the same, um, where they can ask 
you know, which bank is doing live deals for not new to bank clients at the moment? And another another advisor will say, oh, I just got one done at blah, 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 blank. And oh, yeah, yeah, so it's it's all that group knowledge rather than one person yeah. knowing all the stuff. Yeah. You can saw back from <laughs> lifting all the questions, yeah. <laughs> and um, what are your thoughts on an advisor maybe finding a particular niche, like uh, maybe they were looking specifically at tradies, for instance. Do, do you have any training or thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that's really valuable. Um, there are so many niches that you can do, and it could be culture, you know, if you, if you fit in a particular um, Maybe an expat culture. or something. Yeah, or, yeah. expat or, um, uh, you know, even if it's uh, sports people or whatever. Right. Um, there are so many groups that love to refer in that group. Um, seem to have been getting a lot of uh, ex-police officers. Oh, really? Police officers refer, eh? Because there's kind of this bond um, so yeah, they, wow. they kind of do that. I think that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, you, you kind of become this industry and you understand how these people work, right? So tradies want a different type of service to you know, some other form and office worker, right? They want to meet in a different place. They want to meet at a different time. You kind of get how they work. Um, so, you yeah, know, I think that's, you become the expert and they're like, you got to go to Rupert. He knows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm also a big fan of becoming an expert in a particular type of lending. So like second tier lending. Um, uh, our advisors do all main bank and all second tier, um, but I would like at some point to have a a, a specific second non bank lender kind of thing, um, because the options are so vast that mm. uh, there's an option there. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of growth in that market, and I feel the the ah uh, yeah that that's certainly the word on the street. Mm. It's um, whether that's temporary or not. You know, once triple CFA gets reviewed and the kind of ridiculousness gets taken out of it, I wonder whether that that buzz might die. Um, yeah. uh, there, there will always be a place for second tier lenders. Don't get me wrong, but whether it is, you know, a, a significant portion of the market, that may be another question. Do you feel like there is a gap where maybe one of the non-main banks could fill, or there is a void that's being um, missed that, at the moment? Yeah, big time actually. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, prefabricated homes. There's there's a problem where a housing company builds a house in a factory and won't won't release it till it's been paid for, but the bank won't lend on it until it's, it's a bit of a chicken and egg type section, situation. Right? Yeah, so I reckon a non-bank lender come in and say we will fund between the factory and the land, and we will charge a horrendous fee for it, which is fine because you've had it cheaply built. Um, you know, it might be five thousand bucks for the risk, and and that's for about three weeks. And while well, they move to the section, but yeah, it oh, sounds. Uh, and I, I, mm. I mean, I, I can, I can make it sound as easy as I like. And there's probably someone in a non-bank lender being like, "That'll never, that'll never <laughs> that'll work." Never what are you talking work. about? There's so many problems there, but but for me, that's a real because we have a housing supply issue, and um, prefabricated homes seem to be a great way to build a number of homes very quickly, right? And and they're good these days. They're not kind of. The old style the old, ones, uh, yeah. Some of the ones you see when you run the coastal areas in yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they are, are unrecognisable from other homes. Right? So, yeah, but I think uh, Westpac's given it a solid go, but um, the the reason they would say um, they do it in branches is because of, it, of how complicated it is. So there's obviously some some horrendous stuff in there that they have to deal with in terms of insurance. Who's got liability if it falls off the side of the truck? Kind True, of thing. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. There's all these little things that you never – Consider thousand, yeah, them. and that's really worth advisors remembering when the banks come out with some crazy policy 
that there is probably a hundred things we don't know about going on in the background. That... Like guys, we're putting <laughs> well in, well over a million dollars on the line for this. Yeah. We make sure it's safe. <laughs> we, can, okay. we can put a few policies in. Yeah. So yeah. It's, but I, I do think that's a, a spot that, that no one's really touched yet. Yeah. Can you imagine the rules you'd put in place if one of your mates is like, can I borrow a million bucks? I want to buy a house. Do you know, I say that so often, eh? I'm like, why do I have to give three pay-sips? I'm like, well, what would you want for $800,000? <laughs> I probably want more. <laughs> I definitely want more than three pay-slips, yeah. I'll be yeah. like, 90% up front. Oh, <laughs> three months bank payments. What a pain. Like, well, hang on. <laughs> it's it is a million bucks. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of pay. Yeah. So um, just, just going back to, like, let's say there was somebody who was looking to grow their business and they've done really well for like the last couple of years and they're at that position where they, they, they might be able to expand. Like what would, what would you say like your main three points are for them to look at? Um, one of my steadfast rules is that all of my advisors are on the same contract. I, I'm not a big fan of, how oh, you can have 80-20. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell anyone because that's eventually going to come out. Like, yeah, exactly. So I can hand on heart say, all my advisors can talk about their contracts and everyone is receiving the same thing. And if there's a change, which we did um, a couple of years ago, we, we um, brought in a volume. So once they reach a certain amount of volume, it goes to 90-10 um, because right. someone had reached that level or was about to reach that level. So it became relevant for all advisors, right? So you can't have that that thing. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I, think mm. I worry about, yeah, um, you know, having those background deals. Uh, the second one is I found um, after seven advisors, Keeps easier. Uh, So um, I know there's a couple of businesses that like, um, you know, we're running a really good mortgage broken one man band business. Um, I'll I'll bring on a couple more. And the problem with that is to to keep the business going, you need to do, you need to be on the tools, but training people takes quite an amount of effort, right? Especially in the new process when you haven't got the systems and processes done. Yeah, building out that. Was a 152 page oh document gosh, yeah. though, that alone. But remember, that, I didn't crazy. get that 152 pages right yeah. the first time. <laughs> that <laughs> That's about the fifth version. So it was amazing. Yeah. I went to Whip calls and they just had it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rupert Spot. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I when it got to seven, they kind of become a bit. You know, they're, they're interacting, they're they're finding out things. So if there's a question, it doesn't necessarily come to you. So I, if you're going to build a business, I'd say go bigger, go seven to ten. Um, uh, the issue with that is that you'll have seven to ten different personalities, so you need to get into that kind of um, variety of tools quite quickly. You can't just give um, seven, uh, seven, one tool to the same seven people. Oh, it's the same with uh, Trail. We like build this feature. I think this is going to be great, and like a lot, a lot of advisors will use it and love it. Yeah. And then other times, they'll show people in the demo, and they're like. Why would I use that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I suspect that's a thing you have to do yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> Just to make it flexible, which yeah. sounds like you're doing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know what my third one would be. Uh, probably one thing that I suffer from is I'm quite an early adopter uh, and um, like new things. It's what I liked about Trail when Chuck came in. Um, you know, it was it seemed like to solve the problem of like I could scale my business using the software. But when you've got other advisors, um, they don't want change a lot. Mm. Um, and change fatigue happens really quickly. They're, they're under stress from doing all these um, applications and, and it's getting harder, obviously. Um, so I really have to rein myself. And if you're the type that likes to expand, you're probably the type that has an early adoption. change. Yeah, yeah. So you right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, want to try this. I want to try this feature. So... Mm. Um, uh, 
for me, I try it and try it and ask myself the question, is it going to make a material difference um, to the, the advisor um, before I implement it? Uh, then I've got a couple of advisors who are um, eternally patient with me who can be my test bunnies and Great. they can come back and be like, no, nah, that's this a sucks stupid Rupert. idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, some of the decisions they had to make um, – we're on our fourth version of our intranet. And so, and that, that's quite a big change, right? Because you're used to finding all your data in this place. Suddenly Rupert turns up on Monday and like, oh, we're getting rid of that. And here's a new one. It's a whole new it's software. Frustrating. But it's, it was for good reason, right? That mm. either um, one of them was going to charge me 5,000 bucks for what was essentially a, a website, um, uh, a terrible website uh, on reflection. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, so there's some things that have to change, and, and if you can convince them it's for the greater good, uh, then that's okay. But if you're the type of person that's expanding, I suspect you, you like that change, so you might have to rein that in a bit or or um, test feature it first before you before you. Maybe just it. shine a light on, you know, with us and how quickly things used to change, but now you've got to, like, follow all these processes because you've got to make yeah. sure that it, you know, it's going to be good for everybody. Yeah. So how, how would you... Um, yeah, would you, I mean, you've gone through maybe like the first couple of people you've reached out to and gone, okay, they think this is good. Like how would you uh, get wider adoption for something new and that's going to be like a big change for a lot of the other other advisors in the company? Yeah, um, so my wife did a bit of change management um, work and I learned quite a bit about that. So studying kind of change management is useful. Um, there's kind of, oh, I'm going to mess this up if you're in the change management industry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but, but essentially you want to make it um, uh, compulsory. Okay. So you can't just say, if you want this tool, use it. Um, and, and the way to do that in a business is just remove the old tool, put the new tool in. Um, uh, the old switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the surprise. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but also sell those key benefits on why this is different. Here was the old one that this is the problem with it. Here is the new one. Here is what it solves and why it will make your life a lot better. Um, and so, um, yeah, that, that's, you've got to get buy-in from them. Otherwise... You're a dictator, and that's that's, key. that's, that's not going to be great. <laughs> and even now, I mean, as a as a licensed financial advice provider, you actually have an obligation. Everybody's following those processes, so it's it's even more important than ever that they're following best practice, which is what you've set up. Yeah, yeah. So that brings up a good um, thing about that about the internet that we're using, right? So the old one was you could kind of search and kind of find the lending guide for ANZ or whatever. This uh, our new one um, has. Uh, you can search and you can find it, but it's also got version tracking. So um, if the FMA comes in and says, show us your processes, we can say, here, here is the processes. Here's who looks at, who's looked at that page and when they looked at it. Wow. But also here are our versions. So we're, we're working on it, right? We, we want to improve and every three months I have to sign off that that page is correct. So that was a way better system for us, right? Um, now, from the advisor's point of view, they don't really care about that. That's, um, you know, they just want the license to yeah. hold. They don't need to know the background of how often I verify a page. But um, for them, it was they could find this at the page so much easier. Mm. Um, but you say intranet. What do you mean by that exactly? Oh, Maybe somebody doesn't it's know. Probably more of a knowledge base or a wiki. It's just a collection of all that. Right, like a software tool that stores it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but. But, you know, the, the question when, when something goes wrong, which if you've got a business that inevitably will, right? Nothing runs perfectly. FMA comes in and says, show us how you are running this. You want that data to be displayed as, as easily and as, 
as nicely as possible for them. So that's why we chose. We could have just run on a Word document, right? Uh, processes and <laughs> control that F word to document. find that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 400 pages. We've also got a paper version. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Our ream of paper that we send out to everyone. Um, but... But, yeah, we just wanted to provide this information to the compliance people as much as to the advisors in, in a meaningful way. So. Yeah, great. Oh, man, it's so good to hear that insight. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Cool, thanks. Um, anything else you'd like to, to touch on or to tell the uh, listeners or watchers about? I think if you are looking to grow your business, um, now is a good time. It's, it's going to be more and more difficult for um, one-person companies to um, to be out there on their own in terms of compliance and, you know, the, the, the change in policies. Uh, so now would be a good time to, to kind of help those advisors and, and get together. Um, and as I say, I, there, is a, there is a number that's, it might be five for you or seven or something, but, but I think those kind of size companies are a slightly easier way to do it. So if you're looking to do it, do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's still a great industry, right? Like we're still helping people buy houses. Now more than ever, people need help. Um, yeah, with the business, yeah. kind of a, it's not just a turn up at the branch and here's my passives and off you go. Uh, so uh, there, there's definitely a need for that business. So um, yeah, do it. If you're looking to expand, mm. stop waiting around. Get onto it. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. So well, thanks so much for joining us on the Cam Podcast. Cheers. Um, it's a pleasure. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers.